Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And uh, today we're going to talk about Battle Squadron. All right. Um, but before we do, uh, we got some feedback. Um, Chris Folds wrote in on our <laughs> Facebook page. He said it's 2016, and that can only mean one thing. A brand new version of Directory Opus is out for PC. Yep. Yeah. He says that he uses the previous, well, the now previous version for all of his work, and it's still excellent. Do you know anybody that still uses Directory Opus? Yes. Uh, Shane R. Monroe mm-hmm. of uh, Passion Seat Radio is still a uh, Directory Opus user. Um, I don't know anyone personally that uses it. Uh, <clears throat> it's a good piece of software. Uh, I've dabbled with the PC version. Of course, we mostly remember it from the Amiga, but uh, it's good that they're still around. Now, when yeah. you install it on the PC, do you run it as a separate application, or does it somehow take the place of Windows Explorer? Um, I ran it. I just had the demo. Mm-hmm. It ran just as a, a separate app. Okay. But who knows? They may have really good integration now. Right, right. Um, we had a lot of feedback this week on YouTube, just a ton of it. But yeah, it was crazy. Been, well, it's, it's it's always been like that. You've just been you've been coming on board, and I I just wanted to thank you on air for helping out, replying because I mean stuff comes in constantly, and uh, having having because if you guys have posted something on YouTube and we haven't gotten back to you, it's my fault. I'm sorry, but uh, Aaron's been helping me pick up the slack a little yeah. bit. And I'll honestly, Bo's being. Uh, uh, Silly. I've never checked the <laughs> feedback on YouTube, and it never even occurred to me to go back to the old episodes. Hey, once I do one, it's in the can. I don't want to look back. I don't know, but I, I got uh, I got I had a little bit of extra time this week, and so I was just going back. I was like, I wonder if anybody ever talks about these old shows. And I was stunned to see that people were, were talking about them a lot. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of stuff going on. I was like, wait, it's weird. Uh, and it was neat to go back and look at the view count and see who's... Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, too, I don't mention it on the show because once we're two or three episodes out, I don't want to say way back, you know, and our Hybris episode, you know, this guy said so. But we do read all of your, your comments on YouTube, and uh, hopefully we're, we're getting back to you. We want to continue the conversation because these games are great. They deserve more than just us talking about them for a week. That's true. And I will try to do better. By mean, I mean do something. <laughs> um... What news do you have this week? <clears throat> well, let's see here. Um, the uh, there's a new Kickstarter out for keycaps. I think we mentioned. I think this came up a long time ago. Uh, Amiga keycaps, but they're they're getting to kick it off again. I looked at the keycaps; they're cool looking. I think it's the same outfit that's doing the cases that did the cases or whatever. Um, I mean, they look awesome. Uh, if you uh, want to spend the money, you know. Of course, they've got to get backs first, but it's on Kickstarter, so they must have some printed up to show off. So, if you're into that, it's linked up on the Google Plus, and uh, 
uh, go check it out if you want to support the Kickstarter. I'm going to need some keycaps for my Mac mm-hmm. Plus keyboard that's coming in the mail. Well, <laughs> hey, they probably have a much better chance of getting Kickstarter at least over here than yeah, the Amiga. Yeah, that's true. Um, this was nutty, and just so I mentioned, I put a plug on it on the on the Google Plus, and I thought I mentioned it here. Somebody uh, took a modded GoTech floppy emulator, which we all know and love. Mm-hmm. The uh, thing that plugs into your Amiga and plays the floppy drive, and you can plug a U- USB uh, card in it or whatnot. Anyway, someone rigged it up to be remotely controlled by their Android phone. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, upon first glance, I thought to myself, "Why? Why would you do that?" But they had a good point, point. Uh, the, and the point was, uh, you can effectively internal- internalize this thing now and use your phone to remotely set up. Of what you want to play, mm-hmm. so you don't have to have uh, the thing sticking out the side or gumming up the way it looks. And if you're with a bunch of purists uh, who don't like that, effectively you could sort of they don't have to trick know. them, right? You know, so kind of neat. I had a look at, um, I mean, I had a look at how it was done. It's not like uh, uh, you know, put glue here and then you're done. <laughs> this is a pretty heady gimmick, <clears throat> but it's neat. Uh, you know, maybe it'll get it integrated into a future version or whatnot. I doubt it. We never know, man. Um, this was interesting. Uh, I listened to the Amy cast this week when I got word of this. Have you heard about this uh, this week's Amy cast? Which uh, I, I'm not even sure the guy that does Amy cast. I know he's European. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they might be Polish. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was in English, uh, and I don't. Even, I, it seems like I've listened to this show before, and it wasn't in English. But I could be insane. Has it always been in English? Do you know? I think that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it may have been. Um, anyway, the guy they had on there this week <clears throat> is is opening an Amiga store in the United States. Really? It's crazy, but it gets crazier. Um, I listened to this whole interview, and it was pretty a thorough interview. And I will say the guy is passionate. He seems to have his head on straight. He's pretty knowledgeable. He's a programmer. He's looking to do a lot of good community stuff. Like uh, the institution of, uh, or the uh, in hiring of people to make drivers for certain things to, for the Amiga that don't currently exist. Uh, but the wacky twist of it all is he is basically going to specialize in um, OS4 stuff, okay. like not classic stuff. Uh, it sounded like he didn't want to really do hardly any classic stuff. I mean, he said they would carry some classic stuff, but I mean, he said his number one focus was on uh, supporting the Amiga going forward. And this includes building machines, stocking motherboards, uh, doing software support, making software, uh, coming up with different hardware. Um, He sounded like a pretty intelligent guy and from the way he was talking, he must have some backing. Uh, I know it's him and a partner and they're going, I think it's gonna be called uh, Amiga on the Lake it's gonna be neat because it's up near, uh, it's up on the Great Lakes. He plans on supporting uh, America, uh, USA, and Canada, which is in a perfect spot there on the lakes. Um, he, it was an interesting interview. Uh, the uh, he kept emphasizing that he wants to introduce a new generation of people to the Amiga, to to the new Amiga, <clears throat> and so he plans on focusing the majority of his sales. Uh, or his advertising at college students mm. uh, and uh, uh, people attending school. 
your thoughts? <laughs> well, I think the Amiga as a platform in 2016 <laughs> is a tough sell. Um, I think the cost of the hardware versus the cost of hardware of any other major operating system is going to be exponentially larger for the computer that you end up getting. You're going to run into the normal issues of compatibility with software. If you're trying to sell stuff to college students, you remember what it was like being in college, you want the cheapest thing that you can get so you can have money left over to spend on uh, fun stuff. I think when he, I don't think this, I know he wanted to appeal to college students who dabbled in program. Here's, here, here's the, the generous plan was, I'm going to show students this new platform that they can, that they can develop for, okay? Mm -hmm. So these are basically young developers, what he's really going after. And, he, and he, he mentioned a fellow, do you remember a story we had a while back that a guy had managed, I think it was OS4, he'd managed to uh, make, give it the ability to access Google Drive. Remember that we did we covered that a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, this guy basically he became pretty pop, pretty well known, and part of this guy's argument was that these young programmers to get noticed on the Apple or the uh, PC is very difficult to break in. Mm -hmm. On the, a system like OS four, uh, you could put be a hotshot pretty quick because it's such a small pool of talent. And you could become a, a big name by developing something very snazzy very quickly. And he and he said, of course, OS4 needs a lot of work in a lot of various areas. The mm -hmm. browser, the networking, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this is a place where you could leave your mark quickly. It's an, it, That was actually not the stupidest argument I've ever no, heard. I think that that's, that's, that's a decent argument. I think that if I was going to just play devil's advocate... <laughs> I, w I would say that a lot of those type of people probably gravitate toward the various forms of Linux. Well, because OS four is not an open platform, right? The, again, the Linux is you're, it's a much much bigger pool. It is. It is. So, and I, I thought about this. I'm like, can an, my first thought was, can an Amiga store make it in the U.S.? Which is, let's face it, there's not that many Amiga users mm -hmm. running around. And and it, they, both these guys mentioned like these on the forums or they, they've seen the same guys for years and years so it's not like new people are flocking on you know uh but can an, i thought to myself can an amiga store make it in the u.s in 2016 just period mm -hmm. and i think it could because it's the only one right and because there's a market for the amiga to a certain degree now to market primarily to os4 i don't know if you're going to do it i just don't think there's going to be enough interest it's okay well, to I say mean, you're going to attract new people, but I mean, that's a tough sell. He says he doesn't plan on making a profit for two years. Mm -hmm. If this is not his full-time job, then I mean, absolutely he can now, do this it. is going to be the full-time deal. So he's going to do this. This is this going to be, the, be they've already, they're working out stuff with the distributors. They're okay. working out stuff. And, you know, and he, I have to say it was an, it's a very interesting interview. I've linked it up on the Google plus, um, if you want to check it out, uh, but it's worth listening to. Now, it really is. I know you, you know a little bit about OS4. A little. What is the selling point? I mean... For, it's a mod. It's the modern... It, it, it runs on modern-ish hardware. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, the, it's a more modern version of what the Amiga was running. Um, and I don't know enough to sit here and tell you what's great about it because I've not used it. Okay. I, I've seen it used. It's, I'll tell you something else this guy mentions, and this is the truth. 
You can take this to the money bank. I listen to this interview. I'm like, you know, I really need to brush up on OS4. Because I'm sort of, here I am, a co-host of the Amigos. I don't know jack squat about the new Amigas. I really don't. You know, and we pretty much came forward long ago and said we don't know jack squat about the modern Amigas. And so I thought, you know, we get on YouTube and I'm going to find a beginner's guide to OS4 or a fact. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. There ain't jack squat. And the guy brought this up in the in the interview. He's like, listen, he goes, we're going to put how-to videos up. We're going to put instructional videos up so they can guide people that don't know what they're doing. That's a good idea because I don't know what I'm doing and I couldn't find, I mean, it's not like I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. I searched around. I couldn't find jack squat to tell me what was going on. Right. And you know? I think that there's a lot of people that are just into alternative operating systems anyway. I'm one of those people. I love checking out, um, you know, all the different kinds of Linux and stuff like that, looking at videos. All the stuff that's around Morph OS and Arc OS mentioned and, and all that stuff and OS 4. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating. I'd love to. I'd love somebody to talk me into trying it. Um, yeah, I, I would like to get on board at least. I'd like to have a working knowledge. I don't mm-hmm. have to be the master, but I'd like right. to let, you know because I feel like an idiot right now. It's like, uh, but I mean, it's, it's something else. I mean, if you're going to attract new people to the to the platform, you better have something ready to go. Right. You know, because here I am. I'm eager. I'm willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Give me a video. Yeah. And by the way, if anybody out there has a good video on there that I didn't find in English that can get you know that can get kind of get you up to speed on OS four in a brief synopsis, shoot it our way. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Hey, good luck to the guy. Absolutely, yeah. he should be starting up real soon. Uh, so if you know, and I don't know, we've got we've got a goodly amount of U.S. listeners. Do you know what his URL is? Uh, it's not. It's up, but there's nothing there yet. Okay. So I haven't put it up yet. Yeah, but, but we'll, I will we'll bring it up again we'll, when they launch. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll give a little review of the site. Um, speaking of OS four, again, I don't norm. We don't normally cover this, but I couldn't help myself. Uh, there's a new emulator out for OS four. It's also out uh, Linux, Unix, Mac OS X, uh, Windows, but it's it's called XROAR, right? XROAR, mm-hmm. you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. Me either. Uh, it emulates, uh, among other things, it emulates a lot of stuff, but the thing I saw, it emulates a Cocoa. So you can, it's kind of neat on OS 4, you can emulate the Cocoa. Yeah. Uh, and they had a cool picture of Trek Bow over here, which is the old game we used to play. So again, I linked it up. If you're into that sort of thing, check it out. Uh, and let me know how it runs because I think it's neat. I think it's kind of neat that yeah. you can run that stuff like that. Um, I sort of, I'm sure you saw this. I've seen this a couple places. Uh, Chris Foles put up the Psygnosis uh, game generator. Mm-hmm. Awesome, I love that. And yeah, and and what that is is you basically hit hit refresh <laughs> in your browser and it will automatically generate a Psygnosis cover by Roger Dean. Um, and I made the comment that you could also use it as a Yes album cover generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. I love Yes, by the way. Oh, yeah, but, they're great. Um, we talked about this game a while back. Uh, and it, This is back when it was something that was coming soon. Uh, it's a game uh, called Reshoot. Do you remember when we yeah, talked about this? Yeah, yeah, you brought this up a while back. Um, it's out. Okay. And uh, Now, I haven't played it, but I, I found a good review of a fellow that put it up. A pretty in-depth review. And I watched the review, and uh, the game is, uh, I'll tell you, when I first saw this game, I was like, man, this is a weird-looking game. Mm-hmm. Weird, kind of abstract game. It is that. <laughs> it is a, str- I mean, it's a shooter, but it's a real bizarre. Kind of like, is it like Geometry Wars or something like no, that? No, no. It's more of a straight-up shooter with just weird stuff to shoot, and a th- weird thing shooting. I like shooting weird things. Uh, I, I haven't played it, but just from watching the review and just seeing a video of it, the soundtrack is just god-awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's just like this droning noise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's maybe it's a work in progress. I don't know. Uh, there, there. I, I don't want. I'm not reviewing it, so I'm not going to make a comment on this guy's review. But that's one thing. I was like, God, this is mm-hmm. that, that's no good. And does this does this work on an OCS? Yeah. Let me get, okay. It sure does. Um, let me see if there's anything else. I think. Oh, I did put in reference to today's episode. I found an interview uh, with Martin uh, Pedersen, which is one of the, the sort of hybris and today's game where his baby. I've linked it up if you want to look at that. It's a good. It's a really good interview. So, like that's pretty much all I've got. It's good news week. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, there were a lot, I saw a lot of stuff previewing this week, so it means that I like I've always said by the time November December comes around, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about because there's, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, and of course, the vampire is still on its way, mm-hmm. uh, and some other little bits of hard, hardware I've heard, uh, you know, little pieces about should be coming out. So I think by Christmas time we're going to be really rocking and rolling. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed a site. We had a lot of site updates this week too. Mm-hmm. So um, we uh, we had a couple articles by Dreamcatcher. Uh, he interviewed uh, Michael Janicki, who was a programmer for Ocean France. That was an interesting. That was a real interesting interview. Yeah, it was about the unreleased uh, Liquid Kids. Yeah, game. I, I thought it was interesting and when he was when they were talking about uh, uh, how much help they were getting on stuff and <laughs> how much help they weren't getting. Yeah, well, on I mean, stuff. He, yeah. He just, he's like, we don't need any help. I mean, right. effectively, the guy was just like, ah, we can do it ourselves. Yeah, it's like okay. It's funny when you think about ports now. I'm sure that assets and things like that are just passed from developer to developer when you're when you're making things for different platforms. But back then. You know, they basically would play the arcade game and plot out the sprites on graph paper and everything. Oh gosh, you know, and and and, and the thing is, they did a pretty good job on a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. What amazes me on that stuff is how how much the uh, uh, the people that originally made the game they just don't, a lot of times they'll give a crap. Right, right. It's like okay, you're paying us for this license. Okay, go nuts. Go for it. But what if it stinks? Money. Right. You know. <laughs> I think you're seeing inside the mind of a of a programmer. You know, mm-hmm, I suppose so. Um, he also published just today a uh, a review of the game T Racer. Have you seen this? No, I didn't. He must have just put that out. He just put this up, uh, and it's basic. It's not really a review so much of it is is it's an example of a public domain game that borrows quite heavily from an already existing game by Team 17 called Project X. Oh yes, which we've talked about Project yeah. X. And um, and he was just talking about um, in the world of public domain, uh, things were borrowed <laughs> quite often. That's, that's, that's true in every system. Mm-hmm. Things got passed around, that's for sure. <laughs> so we got that up. Um, we got some video up on the site. Uh, you have Aaron's first solo Amigos plays. Video. I personally apologize for the hideous quality, <laughs> but if you wanted to, uh, a poor a poor man's West Virginia, <laughs> this is why Boat does the video podcast. But I'm I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. Yeah, and you, what do you play? Uh, this week I played Stellar Seven, and I'll tell you why. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned this. Just to interrupt. You're not interrupting. I need some help from the listeners out here. <clears throat> My 1200 has developed a problem. It's not something I'm familiar with. Does it last longer than four hours? Should you call a physician immediately? Yeah, I probably could, but I don't know where the nearest Amiga doctor is. <laughs> uh, folks, the, my 1200 has developed a phantom mouse syndrome. I noticed that when I booted this thing up, uh, I would get mouse clicks uh, when I wasn't clicking. And I would every time it happened, I would hear the, the sound crack. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, wow, this is not good. And so I unplugged the mouse, and I still got mouse clicks and heard the 
sound mm. clipping. I don't know if I've got a chip going bad or a cap. I don't know. So if you've ever seen this uh, before, uh, please drop me a like because uh, uh, I'm not exactly looking at my chops to take my baby apart, but I have a feeling I've got something going out. Mm -hmm. And it could be, I mean, these, this thing is old, old, old. And so and it was for a long time stored in a closet or in a garage. So mm -hmm. uh, um, I, if anyone knows anything about this sort of failure on the 1200, drop me a line. Um, and finally, not finally, got two more things. Uh, I do an Amigos plays of Count Ducula, both on the original uh, Amiga 500 um, and an emulated version. The reason why I did an emulated version is because the version that O'Brien sent us was the PAL version and most, probably a quarter of the screen was cut off. I watched your video. Um, I, I, let me ask you a question about this video. Um, could your guy not get hurt? So part of the screen that was cut off was a timer and it works like pitfall so whenever you run into an enemy or something like that you don't die you just oh lose time. okay because yeah. it so that explains that right right i haven't seen the emulated version yeah i just so, put that up tonight now it looked oh, it looked really bad how was it? it's not a great game um i didn't like the cartoon either by the way i, I it's been so long since i've seen it i can't remember <laughs> if i liked it or not it's no danger mouse well, you know, I think that they both came from the same studio. I think you're probably right. Yeah. The animation mm -hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Danger Mouse, but it had its moments. Mm. I know that would get me crucified. <laughs> with, our, with our big British audience, for sure. Um, so I played that. And then finally, I shot a little video of what all goes into the filming <laughs> of a Amigos Plays on the real Amiga 500 and all the craziness that ensues every time we try and set one of those up. Yeah, that was interesting. Of course, it's funny. I've... I, I know what goes into it, and I was still fascinated by your video. <laughs> you know, and, and I think we mentioned this last week. I know we did, but I would go. I was. I had another look at Will Williams' uh, scuzzy thing, mm -hmm. the video he put up to uh, go along with the look. Uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, for the technical side. Yeah, he put a lot of work into that. Thing, yeah, it's, very it professional. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I watched that, and then I watched what I did, <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Oh boy." I hope this never sees the light of day. And then you, of course, had that <laughs> good sense to put it online. So just ignore that, folks. <laughs> That's it. That's it for the side updates. It's time to talk about Battle Squadron. All right. Just good, good, good. Let's see what we got here. So <clears throat> Battle Squadron. Now, the full title of this is not Battle Squadron. Really? No, the full title is Battle Squadron, The Destruction of the Bear Rocks Empire. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's my kind of title. Yeah. <laughs> Um, came out in 89. Okay, so um, just just for fame reference, what year did Hybris come out? Do you remember? It was 80... I think it came out the same year or the year before. It was very close. Very I looked, close. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, the, uh, it, had, it, was, it was one disc, hmm. right? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, developed by an outfit called Cope, Cope Slash Com. All right? Guess what they developed? They developed this, and they developed Iris. That's and, it. And that is it. That's the list. I uh, looked up a little bit on these guys, and uh, there's not a whole lot to tell, to be completely honest with you. Danish Amiga software people, and they're and they basically it was a place that the development house was the two the people that made the game, effectively. <laughs> um, again, Danish. Um, just a little background. Uh, the, the fellow that started it was Martin P. Peterson, which we mentioned, this is the guy that yeah. was that was that was uh, interviewed in the article, and the other fellow, uh, 
Torben B. Larson. So I can pronounce these names. Yeah. Not too bad, eh? We're getting better at our Scandinavian. Yeah. Uh, they started out on the Amstrad. These guys met in school, you know, and uh, just kind of, it's funny, it was just sort of one of those things that happened. They got together. Um, they have, but effectively, this is, <laughs> they happen to be the guys that make two of the most treasured shooters on the Amiga. Uh, they have not done much else, to be honest with hmm. you. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's I mean there's not much to that that little house. They pretty much made those games. Um, the uh, the game was uh, again the guy that made it, Pet, uh, Martin Peterson, and the and his uh, the other fellow was Larson. Uh, he had a couple musicians, and they really didn't do much either because I, I thought the game had some pretty decent music. I really liked the opening theme with the robotic voice, oh, yeah. on the Battle Squad, you mm. know that, and of course Hybris. Had that awesome opening mm -hmm. song, which I really liked too. Do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. I always love that. Um, the guys that did this were uh, from the Netherlands. Uh, I'm going to butcher these, boy. Uh, Evo Zor was one of the fellas. This is all, and all he ever did was Battle Squadron. The other fellow was uh, Ron Claren, and he did he did this. Obviously, he did Beverly Hills Cop. Which I gotta see that. I've never seen that before. <laughs> he did something called Cyber Ballast and something called The Plague. Mm. Now the publisher of this, I, I like I like when we see these games that we don't see the guys around because this is another one. I've never heard of this outfit ever. Mm. Uh, the, if you remember, Hybris was done by Discovery Software, I believe his name. They went under shortly. They did Hybris, they did I don't know what else they did, but they went under right after this game got released. So I guess the uh, these guys saw the writing on the wall, and it was another another uh, publisher. And the publisher they went with was Electronic Zoo. Electronic Zoo. Which is a cool name. Yeah. I couldn't find Jack Squat on these guys, except for the fact that they were around from 89 to 93. Uh, these games that Electronic Zoo put out, I don't think I've heard of a single one of these. Let me ask you if you've heard any of these things. Uh, abandoned Places, mm -hmm. Ball Game. <laughs> ball Game. The what Ball Game, Brigade Commander, Dark Spire. That's cool. Daylight Robbery. Kind of want to check that yeah. out. Echo Phantoms. This is like a random name generator. <laughs> Germ Crazy. Magic Garden. The Prophecy 1. One But there is no Prophecy 2. Mm. Or 3. Oh. Uh, Subduo. The computer game. So I'm guessing that's based on something. Treasure Trap. Under Pressure. And Xyphos. Never yeah, a single one never, of them. Not any of those. No. Um, so, this also came out on the on the Genesis, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the same people that brought it out on the Genesis also brought out Sword of Sodan on the Genesis, mm. which is you know me. You're a big Sword of Sodan. <laughs> man. I love it. I love it. Uh, this is a, a a sequel to Hybris, which was the first game we ever covered. Is it a sequel? No, I mean it's pretty much a full sequel. I mean they pretty much make it. They even say it in the credits, you know, and they, in the interview it's a sequel. So, I mean I guess it's an official sequel. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It's not called Hybris Two. Blah 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 blah. There's nothing really linking it to it from the box or anything. But I mean it is. It's a sequel, and it's all over the all over the thing that the thing's a sequel. So what you've got here, I guess you should describe the game. You want to describe, try to describe this? You. So good. this is this is a top down shooter. Um, the um, the background will move not only vertically but also diagonally from side to side as you progress through. Yeah, there's the a little wiggle room. Yeah, on it, you know, which I love. Um, 
you have a plethora of different enemies, things to shoot. Uh, you've got power-ups that work sort of the same way that, that in Hybris. Um, and you've also got just more smart bombs in this game than I think any other game I've ever played. You have they many, generous, many opportunities. Generous with the bomb. Um, and you basically you're working your way through this alien landscape. There's a combination of organic looking enemies uh, and mechanized robot looking things. Um, it's it's your garden variety shooter, but it's done very very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I, there there are several things that set this apart from Hybris. I mean, there are a lot of similarities too, but I mean, not graphically really. I mean, it really was a whole new bag. The graphics are in my now. It's been a while since we played Hybris, right? But in my mind, the graphics in this game are just miles ahead. It's it's a beautiful game, and it one is. one of the one thing about these guys, and I read a few interviews, including the one I put up, was that these guys really knew how to get some wacky tricks, some programming tricks. I mean, of course this. How many times have we said this on the show? Hey, they got a wacky trick here. Mm -hmm. The guys that programmed for the Amiga were, uh, some of them were elite. Yeah. And one of the things they did that was awesome was that shimmering Predator Invisa Yeah, thing. that was really cool. <clears throat> in the interview I wrote this guy, they asked, like, listen, the guy interviews, like, listen, we've never, have we ever seen this in any other game? And from what they could say, they no one else ever did that. Ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. Think about that. There's not many things you said, it's the only time it ever appeared. Yeah. It is a tremendous effect. A, and I didn't even think about it being unique until you mentioned it, but now that I think about it, I've never seen that in a game I mean, before. it's beautiful. It I mean, you see stuff now in modern mm -hmm. games, but I mean... Back then. Think about it, that era. Holy smokes. And on the OCS, I mean, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Uh, the, the sprites in this are... I mean, the, the ships are big. The enemies are big. You know, mm -hmm. it takes full advantage of the screen. And the PAL version, you even get more real estate. I mean, there's a difference. Uh, the two-player mode has like you've got a couple different renditions. You've got you can team up and just go through it and try to you know, or you can basically make it a free-for-all. You can try to steal each other's stuff and you know, you know, uh, they've got little gates that you can, if you want, you can go underground. And when you but if both players go in, you're fine. But if one goes in, you don't go. That's the way it works. Mm -hmm. So there has to be some sort of cooperation there. And the underground are just simply different levels. Uh, and it's got branching paths. Right. According to the uh, the uh, instruction manual, and the instruction manual has a long story. And it's written almost like a radio log. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, two pilots were on their way back from a mission and were captured, a chick and a guy. I, I, I should have double-checked, but I'm wondering if it's the same. Because if you remember in Hybris, you can pick from a man or a woman. I don't remember their names, but I wonder if it's a, I wonder if those are the people that got captured. It was That'd like Jensen... Some, it started with a J. <coughs> the uh, Jaworski. I wasn't that really. Uh, Jaws. But uh, but you're you're they've been taken uh, they've been taken they've been captured and taken to planet by the evil Barax Empire. Yeah, Barax Empire. And so my favorite empire. Your uh, the the book the intelligence uh, of whatever militarization you uh, are with decide that it's too risky to go in there with a huge fleet because you'll you'll it'll sound all the alarms. So they'll, you can go with one or two ships to go in there and, and blow them away. That's and so and here you go. Mm -hmm. And so your object is to get to this planet, and just blow the crap out of everything you see. And there's plenty of stuff to shoot. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, that little wiggle room you get on the on the sides of the screen is tremendous. I mean, that really adds something to it. It gives it. It just feels better to me. I, I always like games that do that. that yeah. Additional 
Uh, the, the Banshee, I can't, I think Banshee. The Banshee does it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game compares favorably, in my opinion, to just about every shooter on the on the Amiga. Uh, the uh, again, it it's not as frantic. It's funny. This this game is a, really a game unto itself because you're it's a bullet hell shooter, but it's not frenetic. It's not. I mean, because it, well, I think it, part of it has to do with the speed of the bullets, and part of it has to do with how many. Um, how many things are the, the the movement of your enemies is not super fast, uh, so it's got a lot of stuff going on, but the things aren't moving super super fast. And, and there are so many bullets on the screen, it's impressive. If you, I mean, <coughs> given the Amiga, uh, what they were working with, and of course from the interview I read, they used several different techniques to effectively uh, get more memory. You know, to to, to take every morsel. It's funny. One in the interview, they mentioned that uh, they mentioned that the uh, that Hybris was notoriously difficult to pirate, right? And the reason is it used every bit of Amiga memory, everything. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing. And so they could, there was nothing they could do. And I noticed on the on and of course the guy was proud of that. And on the, on, on Battle Squadron, uh, they have they use so much space. On the disc, at the end of the thing, they just—they actually—if you—if you beat the game, there's a—there's like a—the credits have included like a thank you roll and little messages from the two guys. And the one guy's like, "Yeah, I would—I would like to put more stuff back here, but we're out of space." <laughs> You're right. End of line. You know, which I thought was—I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of funny. Um, the uh, the game was incredibly popular. So was Hybris. By the way, I mentioned in the interview, the guy actually gave out. Some numbers on how Hybris sold. Oh, that's uh, always good stuff because yeah. we very rarely hear about sales. I believe numbers. he said, let me look it up here. I don't want to give it false information here. I, I know he said it sold, here it is, it sold over 10,000 units. Okay. Now, not bad. That's not bad. Um, the, uh, yeah, here, they, but the Battle Squadron, there's no selling on that, but he also said that it sold well. Hmm. So, uh, uh, they did not use a ton of uh, original programming from Hybris to make this, and really, it doesn't even play like Hybris. No, it much plays better. like a different game. Um, <clears throat> there's there are things in Hybris I like that aren't in this, but there, like I said, it's it's not really a comparison because I mean, you could Hybris is by no means now made obsolete. Hybris had things that it did that just doesn't do, mm-hmm. you know. But this thing does stuff, you know, vice versa. This thing has a total of the of twenty five or so different weapons uh, you can get because as you get it's sort of like a uh, if you ever played Raiden and I'm sure you've played Raiden in the arcade mm-hmm. you would uh, in this game as you go through power ups will appear mm-hmm. if you shoot certain enemies and there'll be different colors and if you pick let's say red if you see it again and it's red you get it again you go up to the next level of red each each uh, weapon has five levels, mm-hmm. so you can end up with like twenty-five levels of stuff. Right. Plus, you've got the smart bombs, mm-hmm. like that you talked about. So there's there's a lot of variety uh, uh, on the thing. The uh, uh, the fact that you can play two players simultaneous, boy, you don't see that very often. And really, the only one I think I brought top of my head was is the Lux Galaga that we that's on the Amiga. Well, I think Banshee was and Ban- yeah. those the and those the only the, and Swiv and Silkworm. Swiv though, that's a whole different type of those games. I mean, that's yes, you're playing simultaneous, but you're not both running a ship. 
That's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah, those would count. Um, the uh, uh, another thing I thought was interesting about this when they made this game, the two fellows were like 18. And then when they made Hyrus, they were younger than that. That's crazy. That's uh, so and, and unbelievable. He says in Denmark, uh, they were still in high school because the last, I guess, uh, of course, it was last. Uh, I don't know how the how they do it there, but yeah, I thought know. that was interesting that, that that they were making this stuff while they were in school. And mm-hmm. they said on Hyrus, it took them uh, where the one of the, the other program would go overseas to America occasionally. So they would just work on it out like at nights and stuff. It took about a year. This one ran. They said eight months. Mm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, eight months—that's a really quick that's turnaround. A quick turnaround for sure. You know, it makes me wonder why these guys didn't make more stuff because when you can go that quick, it'd be. Did, they, did he say what what they went on to do afterwards? I mean, did um, they just leave game? He design said altogether? that. Well, the problem is Electronic Zoo. They went down the, to- the toilet. So they just picked. And bad I think these guys got with. disillusioned because he acts like the, in the interview he says like basically, you know, every place we'd worked has went under, mm-hmm. and so they, <laughs> I guess they said the hell with that. Uh, I looked over the uh, the uh, uh, reviews for this game. They were really good. But one stuck out, and apparently this is sort of legendary. Now, not here, because we don't get any magazines, but over in the UK maybe it was. Um, Amiga Computing gave this game 109%. Out of 100? Out of 100. And the reason they did that was they had awarded uh, another game Hundred percent. I'm trying try to go. It might have been hybrid. I'm not sure. It was, but it was another shooting game. And the guy said, "Man, if, this, if and this game, he said this game was crushed it. He's like, so if that game got a hundred percent, what can I do? Well, I'll show you what I can do. He gave it a hundred nine percent, and uh, uh, it caused quite a stir. Oh, apparently, sure. that they, And I don't know if any other game. I don't. We've never seen a game uh, get above hundred percent. I don't think we ever yeah. seen one get a hundred percent, have we? Um, they ended up porting this thing to I- iOS. Uh, and I don't know if it's came over to Android or not yet, but it but and uh, but apparently they're also going to work on a port of Hybris as well. Um, there was a Battle Squadron Two Aviators that had been work had been started on by the same guys. Now this game sounds crazy. It was going to have a beat 'em up element. Really? Yes. How strange. <laughs> I saw some still shots of it, and I've, I don't know if there's video of it. I've got to try to find this video. Uh, but, I mean, it looked really weird. And, the, and in an interview, it's like, yeah, it's like, we thought about uh, trying to have a new type of game that would have different elements of the game, something that had never been done before. And and so this was what they came up with. And it was, so you can imagine what that would be like. Oh, yeah. I can't. I don't have any idea what that would play. But they, apparently they didn't get too far into it before they before they gave up. Um, just a side note, because we probably won't ever talk with this guy again. This guy worked on a game called Hugo. Now you've probably never heard of this game. It was a it was a game. Uh, it was from it was developed in Denmark. And <laughs> I, I I read. I was like, I don't know how this guy who made this game he got involved in it. Well, I, he quotes in the, in the article. He said they asked him about Hugo, and he says, well, I guess there just aren't that many Danish Amiga programmers, and so we sort of all. You know, get tapped occasionally. Yeah, so yeah. I remember having this game. I don't know how it came to my possession. I'm, I know it was nefarious because I felt <laughs> like I can go out to my to the local store and get me some games from Denmark. Right. This was one weird ass game. Hmm. I mean, and the thing is, it had awesome graphics, but it was disjointed, weird game. I mean, it's one we've got to do an Amiga's play on sometime. It's a strange one, but he worked on that as well. Uh, 
and then pretty much that's it. <laughs> he pretty much was done. Uh, like I said, there was the Genesis version of this. I've not seen it. I would say it's probably comparable. It should be, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a? Have you ever heard of it from the Genesis? Yeah, I have. I have. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you played it? No. I didn't play a lot of Genesis games back in the yeah, day. I didn't either. Maybe we'll have to play it when I get my 32X and we're mm -hmm. running. Um, so, what did you think? Um, I probably put more time into this game than almost any other game that we reviewed. It's incredibly addictive because the challenge doesn't immediately scare you off. Um, the game is gorgeous to look at. The power-ups when you get an upgraded gun is very satisfying to mm -hmm. see that upgraded gun. The power-ups are varied. You're not just working your way through the same progression. All right. Um, I love the music. Love the music. And it, apparently the music's been, much like the high-risk music, has been used and reused and mm. um, uh, revamped and released and remixed. So One of the things that I noticed, if you go to the game over screen and you just wait, the music will eventually shift to this kind of mournful dirge-like thing. <laughs> and that was great, too. Um, and so uh, I played this. I probably played it for an hour last night, just before bed. It was so, it was so much fun. Um, I love the enemy types. The, the, the huge the huge sprites like my big problem with hybris is that the the bosses and stuff just moved really lamely across the screen they sort of just moped along yeah <laughs> but uh but in this game even the big sprites are animated well you know and when you kill like <laughs> when you go under the underground section and you see the first big thing when it dies it doesn't just explode it just kind of wilts and melts yeah. into the background it's really really cool you know it's funny um i when I was reading about this game and from and stuff from the programmers, they were asked often, "It's like what was the what was the uh, uh, inspiration for your for Hybris? What was the inspiration for for Battle Squadron?" And he said the same thing both times. It's like, "Well, we didn't play that many games because we're programmers. We wouldn't make the games because we took inspiration from the arcade." Mm -hmm. Hybris doesn't really remind me of much of anything. It looks pretty. This reminds me somewhat of a game called Alcon. I've mentioned Alcon on the show before. Uh, it's in the UK and Europe. It may have been known as Slap Fight, stupidly known as. Mm -hmm. But this, the the way that the bullets in Alcon follow your ship and move, it's this mirrors that quite a bit. This has segments in it where there are these almost like tubes with stuff going across rails, something mm -hmm. like that. That's, That's straight, straight out, out of Alcon. Mm -hmm. Alcon. So I would not be surprised if Alcon uh, wasn't. Uh, used as some source I, right. I think i have the feeling i get the feeling that outcome was a bigger game over in europe than it was here mm. uh, because no one here knows what it is yeah i, I only know about it from you yeah so. but uh <clears throat> i agree with everything you said it's the music's great the graphics are very good did you have any problem I, one of the criticisms i've heard about this game a lot is is um releasing your smart bomb did yes you, that is the biggest and the only <laughs> real fault i have with this game I died so many times because I held down that button and I spun that stick and nothing happened. I have, a, uh, of course, I've got the Wicco. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling this is a gamepad related issue because I never have a single problem mm -hmm. launching this thing. Oh, that's reminds me of my broken Amiga. It's like broken Matt Hardy, broken Amiga. <laughs> except it's not cool. But the uh, if I tried to play Hybris and. Uh, it would just use every smart bomb I had instantly. Oh. Yeah, yeah that's because the mouse, yeah. the input's going bananas. But, uh, um, can you use the mouse to release the smart bomb? You can play this with the mouse. Okay. And on the mouse, you use the second mouse button. That's why I kept right. releasing, mm -hmm. you know. 
Now I've heard that you can plug, uh, I think you can plug a, a Sega stick in this and use the second mouse button to launch that. I can't confirm that. Mm. Uh, but uh, um, I, it didn't bother me a bit. It, that's the exact same way that the first game, you could do it in the first game. I believe mm -hmm. the first game you could also hit the space bar. I'm not 100% really sure. Uh, but uh, uh, in this game, you definitely can. I tried. But yeah, this game is chock full of power. Now, how do you put this on a scale? I mean, when we think about the best shooters we've seen, because we've, we've covered your Blood Monies, and we've covered your uh, Banshees, we've covered your Hybrises, uh, and I've had several more. Uh, how does this fall on the scale? This is the only shooter that we've played on the Amiga that I've really felt compelled to play more than I should have for the purposes of this review. It's funny you should say that because the reason I suggested this is because, uh, what did we play last week? It was, um, uh, how bad are we? I can't remember the game from last week. Anyway, when I was playing that, I finished it up and I was like, what else I can get into? And I just saw it there. I was like, man, I remember this game being really good. And I sat and played it for like two hours, yeah, nonstop. Yeah, I'm like, it's great. And I couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get killed, it's like, oh man, I think I can do better. Right. And that's the best type of game, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, um, it's it's a unique game on the Amiga, and I don't mean just shooter. I mean just across the board. It's like, I mean, 109 percent. That's a lot. Uh, but I mean, it it's got great graphics. It's got great sound. It's got great gameplay. It's got two player multiplayer. You know, it's got all options for all that. I, I think it's a winner. I mean, I think I'd give it my highest sh possible shooter endorsement. Yeah. That's for sure. And uh, um, it's a shame that these guys didn't finish the sequel. Mm -hmm. So, fellas, if any of our listeners are out in Denmark, go start applying some pressure because they both still live out there. Or at least one of them does. Go get them. Tell them we want more. <laughs> and, yeah, and this is the perfect time. It's the perfect time to, to make it. So, it's time... For the score comparison. All right, you tell me what you got first. My top score was 188,800. How far did you get? I was almost, I was, I, I don't know. I I definitely got past You did the, well. You did better than me. Oh. Yeah. I got 163,000. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you were proud too. You sent me a text. <laughs> Record your score. I will do better. And to be fair, this week my Amiga tanked. Okay. And so that game, so that was a, that's the the last thing I did before the thing fell over. Don't forget to use the old controller excuse once we start the live stream too. Oh, okay. The gauntlet has been cast, folks. <laughs> um, but I love this game. Thank you for suggesting it. It was a good good pull. It's funny. I I never really suggest that many games yeah, anymore. Yeah. And uh, um, you should do it more often. Well, if you're like it, this this was an epiphany. You know, and I, I don't know how popular this game was either. You know, it's, but then again, I don't hear much about Hybris, but I mean, it's one of our more popular shows, but it was our first, so I don't know. So we'll see, but, uh, you know, if you haven't played it, dust it off, man. Mm -hmm. It's a winner. Yeah. Well, um, I'd like to thank our Patreon supporters, and I will do that by singing their names in the style of Elton John's you know, before Candle you, in the Wind. Before you begin this uh, blasphemy, I had a person on YouTube ask me if there was anything I could do to, to, uh, to uh, uh, to murder you for your sake. Uh, I tried. Paul Harrington, Lauren Giroux, Loggins, Jonas Rouleau, Kilburn Bomb and Tapes from the Cribs. Oh, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Pinkston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead and Brent Tidy.
We need more Patreon supporters so I can finish the song. I only got it midway stinks. through the chorus. Yeah. So that's going to bring them in, too. <laughs> if you want to support us, check us out on patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Sorry, YouTube guy. I tried. I got, we had several comments just saying that my singing was just unbelievably. I believe great. that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I can hear the neighborhood dogs out there gathering at the window. Next week, Aaron, we're going to decide what we're going to play right now on the air because we didn't talk about it beforehand. We're just gonna make. We're just gonna. We're gonna make the call right now. Right now. Well, let's let's. This is our reasoning. This is a, this is a window into the production of the show. Yeah. Just like your video on how you say. Normally, we talk about this before so, the show. Here's what we like to do. We just did a shooter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we so we should. We probably we've done a ton of CinemaWare games and Teen Seventeen games recently and Psychosis games. We should try try to pick something that's not one of those. So what do you got? <laughs> uh, that's everything, right? Um, we haven't done. Do you want to do it? Um, I would like to do. I've got a couple things in mind. Okay, go. I would like to do a, 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 an, at least one, maybe two. We could probably do two arcade conversions. And I've got a couple in mind. I'll, uh, but I mean, I feel free to, to overturn. Well, the, the, the problem with that is are you going to be able to find enough stuff for us to talk about? Oh, yeah. On arcade conversion, where the information is scarce. Oh, you never know what you're gonna find. What do you have in mind? What do you? If you got something better, feel free. I was thinking about Crazy Cars Three. You know anything about Crazy Cars Three? Oh, you know what we should do? I got it. Okay. What's that game that you just got working that you said was awesome? And everyone's told us it's got a stupid name. Rodlin. Rodlin. All right. Rodlin. And by the way, for those of you that hung around through that, all four (laughs) of you, both. We should put up a link to show people how to get this stuff to work on the emulator. Yeah. That we just learned. Yeah. So, um, where did you find that? I found it by googling it and searched through a bunch of forums. Yeah. I promise you, folks, uh, we've had all. If you've watched our live stream, you realize that uh, we're inept most of the time, and we <laughs> staggered through them like idiots. Which is why we're trying to bring up the live, uh, you know, real Amiga video. But we found some setting changes that did made a dramatic impact on our ability to play these old games on the emulator. Uh, and we will, I'll put up a link and post them up and I'll have both put them up on Facebook. And hopefully the, for you folks that have been following us on uh, on uh, your own emulated Amiga, this will give you a, a bonus to get this stuff running. Yeah. Like you said it made a huge difference. Uh, like, for example, Count Duckula wouldn't emulate properly at all when I tried it before, and with these settings, it worked like a charm. Perfect. Rodlin, same thing. Battle Squadron. So awesome. This is uh, maybe we'll even try uh, some of the other Body Blues games now that they'll maybe they'll run at the right speed. Another one, Stunt Car Racer, was a complete disaster. I tried Stunt Car Racer with the new settings, it still doesn't. Oh, work. bugger! So, well, you can't win them all. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week with I've already forgotten. Rodland. Rodland. <laughs> Rodland. Adios. Yes.